platform for an in-depth look in economic matters with leaders and decision makers. This is BizTalk. The 45th anniversary of China's reform and opening up marks a significant step forward in its development. Despite the headwinds of deglobalization and rising protectionism, China stands resilient as it navigates profound changes in its domestic and international business environment. Uh, we believe that China will play a major role in what is the transformation that is taking place. As China charts its course towards green transformation, long-standing companies such as ABB and Airbus have showcased a profound dedication to the region. Drawing on their extensive experience, ABB and Airbus ride the waves of technological innovation, emphasizing the crucial collaboration between China and Europe. I think Airbus is a very nice blueprint of what uh, China and Europe can achieve together. We all knew that China was moving into a more prosperous future where our products and electrification will play. Join us this week as we dwarf into China's 45 years of reform and opening up, uncovering how it enhances global integration only on this talk, only on CGTN. Mr. Rosengren, thank you for joining CGTN. Thank you for having me here. Great. I understand that your company has been in China since the early 1990s, and uh, uh, your company has been witnessed China's opening up and reforms, huge changes through the country's business environment. Tell us your experience, your understanding of uh, China's changing business environment so far. I think ABB took a decision at an early stage that uh, uh, the Chinese market is an important market. Uh, ABB products in electrification and automation has actually been part of creating the society that we have today, the living standard that we are. And we all knew that China was moving into a more prosperous future where our products and electrification will play a main part of. So that decision was taken early and uh, we have during these years tried to be as local as possible, meaning that we would like, you know, Chinese uh, uh, managers, Chinese people, Chinese factories, making sure that we support the market in, in, in the best way. And we had, have had a tremendous development uh, during the years. We have grown with China and the success has also, of course, uh, hit ABB uh, during all these years. Uh, you just mentioned China's a huge market, one of the biggest in the world. What kind of strategies are you adopting in the uh, collective approaches? Uh, I'm talking about maybe mergers and acquisitions to further tap the market, to expand your presence in the country or acquire local know-how or innovation power? Yeah, China is today the second largest uh, marketing group. It's about between 17 and 18 percent of our total uh, sales. So it's a huge. It shows that it is, uh, you know, a really, really important part of the ABB group. And as we have seen, you know, today China represents 60 to 70 percent of all products that is enable the green transition are being developed and produced in China. Where we see China is becoming an important hub for these technologies and products, 
coming from here being sold also in other parts of the world. Where ABB feels that we can be part of this development and contribute with, with our technologies. You mean China's own ability in green solutions are not only supporting itself but global markets? Yeah, I mean, we, if we look at certain products, the battery manufacturing is big, hydrogen is, is coming, uh, windmills, uh, electric cars. You know, you, if you go back five to ten years, you didn't see any Chinese brands in Europe when it comes to cars. Today, there are plenty of Chinese electric cars. Uh, uh, running on the streets in, in Europe, which shows that this transformation technology gives new opportunity, which I think China is using today. So you're working, um, partnering with these Chinese Absolutely. innovative companies to work in these uh, green solutions. Yeah, if you look at ABB and the purpose of, of ABB, which we spend quite some time on, it is actually to enable a more sustainable and resource efficient future with the technology uh, leadership in electrification automation, which means we are helping our customers, both innovative new technology companies, but also the old base industry to transform. So we feel that uh, we have an important mission for, for China and to support uh, both the new companies, but also the traditional. Right. Let's go a bit into more detailed business operations. You mentioned you have 20 uh, capacities in China. Um, China is quite diversified in terms of demands because its economy are quite modern, are quite uh, advanced in coastal big cities, uh, the mega cities with over 10 million people. We also have second, 30 or even county level, village level economies that is still quite lagging behind, demanding not as sophisticated or advanced or expensive products. How are you adjusting to these different demands uh, at different various levels of the Chinese markets? I think the, the customers are actually controlling what we are doing. So uh, there are of course in the western part, let's say customers that are in a more earlier stage of the development, where I think that ABB will contribute in building up the grid, building up the uh, uh, the electrification of the world where we have been doing in the rest of the world during the last hundred years. So we have a lot of technology and knowledge in, in the electrification part there. Then we also have more advanced products like automation and but also you know where we actually are uh, helping customers with robotic solutions or uh, uh, PLCs or uh, or process automation to make these operations uh, more more efficient. So I think we, if you look at the, the offering from ABB, it's quite broad. So we think that we have uh, both products and services for all different parts of China. Mm. ABB has a huge team in China, including uh, many research fellows, research engineers. Yeah. Uh, what's your analysis? What's your understanding of China's especially your team's own innovation and research capability and how do you make this innovation ability work for your company's operations? I mean if you look at ABB's three different stages, the first stage was actually to import products, the second stage was to manufacture them but also uh, to develop them there. The third one is actually coming to the innovation stage because today 
uh, we have four innovation centers actually, which are both supporting uh, products that are being uh, produced and delivered in the country, but also for other markets. So we are actually utilizing uh, the high level of, uh, of competence in the Chinese uh, workforce and uh, creating uh, good uh, R&D hubs that we are utilizing for the group. During your trip in China, have you seen any EVs, electric vehicles on the streets with the, the green plates? How important do you think this segment business is? And uh, since China is quite advanced in EV uh, development, um, yeah. how are you going to involve in this business segment? Yeah, I mean, this is one of the priority markets for ABB and we started quite early in developing this charging station both in AC as well in DC. We bought a company a number of years ago, we named ChargeDot, uh, who supplies AC equipment for the rest of the world. So yes, we, we are here and we are participating uh, in the world. So the EV charging is one of uh, the priority area. It's a fast growing uh, market. It's still on an early stage. The world is about to change. Warriors, assassins, fair maidens, court officials, and even emperors and heavenly immortals are nothing but pawns on a giant chessboard. Xu Fengnan, a playboy of national notoriety and heir to the empire's second most powerful man, finds himself embroiled in the depths of an unbeatable game. CGTN Radio invites you to immerse in a world brimming with heroism and follow a young man's odyssey in the audio drama series, The Sword Strider Saga. Now available on radio.cgtn.com and all the major podcast platforms. When courage meets wisdom, the sword scribes an immortal legend. Let's face what the world is going on now. A lot of uncertainties, a lot of non-business factors affecting the business world. How is your company, ABB, a truly global company, navigating through on these um, quite unprecedented uh, volatilities that is going on in the world now? I mean, it's been a challenging uh, three to four years, actually, where we had the COVID, of course, uh, uh, hitting the world and uh, a lot of shutdowns in different regions and uh, you were, we had to of course uh, support our customers we need to produce but also to supply all the uh, from all sub suppliers so that was a challenging time but using technology was was a good good help there in the communication but of course we have had other challenges also uh, inflation uh, supply chain issues, especially when it uh, comes to semiconductors and uh, yeah, it's, it's been uh, challenging years. But I, I think uh, companies like ABB, which is a global company, we are uh, more or less in every country of the world, we have a strategy we call uh, local for local, which we've been operating for a long time, meaning that we try to be as self-sufficient as possible in the different um, uh, regions. Today, for instance, in China, uh, we are 95% self-sufficient, which means that our 27 factories uh, here in China, 
including, of course, all our sales and developing and uh, uh, R&D centers are supporting the local market. So I would say more or less everything that are being sold here is also produced uh, in, uh, in China. All right. So you mentioned your company focuses on two business areas, automation and electrification. I mean, China's been a world major manufacturing hub mm. and also a market for all kinds of products. Mm. And this country is also promoting the upgrade of industrial chains. Mm. How does your company's major business sectors uh, engage with China's industrial upgrade? Yeah, I think we've been part of this from the beginning. And I think, uh, you know, from the beginning, China was, was uh, uh, more uh, for being, uh, let's say, producing for the rest of the world. But as the living standard in China has improved during the years, the real consumption for products and services is actually coming from China. And today, uh, China is absolutely one of the largest markets in the world with a huge population that is, of course, consuming uh, a lot of energy, uh, a lot of products which are produced in factories that are using ABB automation and uh, being electrified through uh, ABB products in electrification. And you may have uh, the first class, the world class technology in automation, maybe in some really nice uh, EV. Uh, factories in China or you may have some quite basic electrification or circuit yes. breakers uh, systems, yeah. right? But it actually starts with medium voltage, you know, that it comes from the grid, you go to the medium voltage, you go to the low voltage and ABB is a leader in the medium voltage. So all uh, infrastructure when it comes to the electricity is actually supported by ABB product. I mean, what's your understanding of China's uh, infrastructure capacity? Because its capacity, its building power is quite up to scale. It has the, maybe probably the largest uh, railway network in the world, highway network in the world, and many other facilities. Your and your product is involved. All this infrastructure is actually built on electrification. And I think the ABB has been part of this development since, since the beginning, since you started to electrify the country, until you see these modern setups today with the fastest trains and uh, um, the best roads or modern buildings. In all these technologies, ABB is offering both products and services. Many uh, foreign companies or more, many foreign um, people uh, some of them are viewing China as an advanced economy, but others, including Chinese, we, we ourselves would be more moderate because we know that China, although after 40, 45 years of opening up, its average development level is relatively modest. Uh, we still need very long years of development uh, to achieve common prosperity. I mean, during this process, how can electrification and your solutions and automation help in, in doing, achieving these objectives? Yeah, of course, the part of China, which is the primary target for, uh, for ABP product, is of course the advanced industries, the latest technology, the most automated factories, uh, uh, renewable energy being set up, all of that. All of these areas, of course, the latest technology for ABB is being used. So, of course, that is the prime target. But we also have the other offering 
with more basic uh, products like circuit breakers and, and other stuff which is important when you are electrifying. Uh, so we can supply that also. Okay, let's look at the broader picture, the global economy, which is undergoing a recovery of the pandemic, but it's rather modest because of disruptions of many other non-business uh, factors. Um, how has your business been feeling the recovery uh, so far this year, globally and also in China? Yeah, I mean, if you look at many of the global markets that after the pandemic actually uh, really grew fast. I think from a China perspective, we have not seen any big growth. It's more continued in the path that it was uh, also during uh, the pandemic. Uh, and uh, we have maybe hoped for uh, more demand that is uh, coming, but we think uh, it's going to take a little bit time. We, but we look at China with a long-term perspective. Uh, we believe that China will play a major role in what is the transformation that is taking place. Uh, the whole decarbonization, driving automation, being a supplier of products to the rest of the world. And that is what we are actually basing our investments, that we want to be part of this exciting future. You're leading a global company, uh, such a big scale everywhere in the world, you said, more or less uh, ABB markets are present yes. in every corner of the country. And you also had experience working several years in China, in Shanghai, you just mentioned. But the whole world uh, understands not as much as I understand it, not as much as probably uh, the world should. You must be aware of this. What do you think, what kind of knowledge do you think you possess that many global business leaders do not have? Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, of course, you, you build up experience during the years. You've seen what has happened during so many years and uh, the amazing development of the country and uh, how it has industrialized and also become one of the leading when it comes to new, to exciting technologies, not least in the, in the green uh, sustainability side. And uh, I think it it brings to the chart that uh, we need to be part of it. And I think uh, uh, China becomes, a, of course, a natural part of the ABB long-term strategy. Be part of it, be part of China. Very much. Once upon a time, in a land not so very far away, Stories were told of the brave and the bold. The whole court fell silent to hear what the great warrior Mulan might ask for. Of mighty deities and powerful immortals. Immediately, the shimmering skin started to grow before his eyes. Of fated love and love sanctified. In dawn's golden light, Mulan said, Marry me. Of great journeys across fantastical landscapes. So the cat and the mouse climbed on the dog's back and the dog swam across the broad river. In the company of friends and enemies and unimagined beasts. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you. Of ordinary folk with tantalizing stories to tell. Heroes and heroines all. It's incredible. How did you do that? Tales of sad sacrifice and victories snatched from the jaws of defeat. Stories of the wise, the accomplished and the quick of mind. 5,000 years of amazing Chinese folk tales. You'll find Chinese Folk Tales Season 3 
wherever you discover your favorite podcasts. On sustainable development, ABB is among the foreign enterprises aligning their strategies with China's commitment to green development. Airbus, a leader in aerospace, is also stepping up its green initiatives. As a key player in China's aviation sector, Airbus constantly achieves milestones in various transportation areas. This commitment highlights Airbus's dedication to sustainability and positions them as a key player in China's advancement in aviation technology. Mr. Forey, thank you for joining us on CGTN. How do you envision the prospects of China-Europe cooperation in industry and what role do you see Airbus in uh, playing in shaping this partnership forward? I think Airbus is a very nice blueprint of what um, China and Europe can achieve together. Uh, we've been investing in China for a long period of time. Now with this uh, second file, with the, the production of wings, the equipping of the wings for the planes which are assembled here in, uh, in China, uh, we are present on most of our products uh, with some uh, production in China. We are buying from China and this is therefore a cooperation that benefits both sides and at the end that benefits to the, to the public with the ability to fly domestic uh, flights of course but also international so it's a global partnership aviation is a very global business by nature and that's one of the uh, yes um, good examples of what the the two parts of the world the chinese and the european um, stakeholders can achieve together what is your impression of uh, airbus performance in china in the past and how important is china market to airbus in the years to come the Chinese market has always been important in the past uh, years uh, in terms of deliveries of planes, but this has to be uh, driven by the traffic. Now the growth of the traffic is driven by the GDP and by the economy and by the appetite for flight. So we are happy to have to serve uh, this market. And actually today, the demand is higher than the capacity to supply, both for the, for the traffic, uh, for the passengers, uh, for the airlines, but as well for uh, Airbus. So we're really on the rise and trying to ramp up as fast as we can. How has Airbus been working with supply chains in China and how do you see the resilience of China's supply chains? Well, that's been quite amazing to see the resilience in spite of all the difficulties in the last three years um, in China, uh, but also around the world. And we've managed to keep producing planes at a slower rate, but still producing planes uh, during the pandemic and then uh, growing again. But it's fair to say that um, in the ramp up that uh, we are facing now, uh, the supply chains are challenged. There are shortages of uh, raw material, of labor, and uh, educated labor, trained labor. A lot of people have left. We need to hire again and train, and it takes time, uh, but also shortages of microelectronic components. So it's not easy for the supply chains to recover from that, uh, from that shock, and it takes more time um, to recover on the supply side than on the demand side. And therefore, we, th we see that tension um, that um, uh, is a problem for the speed of recovery. At Airbus, last year, uh, we were still not at the pre-pandemic level in terms of deliveries, and it will still take years to be back of where we were in 2019 because of the supply tensions. Well, Airbus is managing a very complex global supply chain. How important is China's supply chains to your company's overall achievements? 
it's a global supply chain, as you mentioned before. Uh, so we are sourcing from China for the rest of the world, and we are delivering from the rest of the world to China. It's a global ecosystem uh, that has uh, been maintained during the pandemic. We're trying to de-risk in the sense of localizing activities closer to the market, but it will remain a global supply chain that needs to be managed in this way. And therefore, our procurement teams are all around the world working with our suppliers. Hmm. What are some of the technological advancements to improve the efficiency of supply chains? Well, we're using digital to a very large extent. Um, that gives us the ability to have access to more data, to understand better ahead of time what will happen to anticipate. That's a very important part of the equation. And as well, uh, working with more traditional ways of creating buffers and resilience uh, to crises and shocks. We are in a world that is quite unpredictable um, with uh, fast-changing situations, and we need to be able to adapt to those situations. So the earlier we know what's going to happen, the easier to react, but we need as well to be very fast. And let's talk a bit about your vision for the future of the aviation industry and what role do you see Airbus playing in shaping that future? I believe aviation is, um, is a good for humanity and um, it has to face the challenges of global warming like many other industries. Uh, aviation accounts for 2 to 2.5 percent of the carbon emissions of the world and if we want to endeavor uh, aviation to the next generations we have to decarbonize. So the biggest challenge for us is uh, this decarbonization of aviation. It comes with digitalization that is an enabler uh, of competitiveness, of design, of uh, production of the planes of the next generation. Uh, but again, we've put decarbonization as the top, top priority um, of the company, of uh, the aviation sector. Uh, we are driving this with uh, our products, technologies, also through cooperations, because we need to improve the products, the planes, but we also need to uh, produce the fuels the decarbonized fuels that will um, be used to fly in a decarbonized way in the future. And this is a broader challenge. This is a challenge where we need regulators, we need governments, we need airports, we need airlines, and we need the fuel producers. And we're trying to play the role of catalyst in organizing this and supporting uh, this change from today, where we uh, use mainly um, kerosene, therefore carbon-intensive fuels, to 2050, where we will need to use decarbonized um, energies and decarbonized planes. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. With that, we come to this end of uh, Biz Talk. I'm Junjun Fun. See you next time. Dive into news like never before with Deep Dive, the podcast from CGTN Radio. Join our global reporters for captivating stories and thought-provoking conversations. Search Deep Dive on your favorite podcast platforms and get ready to dive in.